Chapter 4 Hafid pushed aside the half-eaten loaf of bread and considered his unhappy fate. Tomorrow would be his fourth day in Bethlehem, and the single red robe that he had carried so confidently away from the caravan was still in the pack on the back of his animal, now tethered to a stake in the cave behind the inn. He heard not the noise that surrounded him in the overcrowded dining hall as he scowled at his unfinished meal. Doubts that have assailed every cellar since the beginning of time passed through his mind. Why will the people not listen to my story? How does one command their attention? Why do they close their door before I have said five words? Why do they lose interest in my talk and walk away? Is everyone poor in this town? What can I say when they tell me they like the robe but cannot afford it? Why do so many tell me to return at a later date? How do others sell when I cannot? What is this fear that seizes me when I approach a closed door, and how can I overcome it? Is my price not in line with the other sellers? He shook his head in disgust at his failure. Perhaps this was not the life for him. Perhaps he should remain a camel boy and continue earning only coppers for each day's labor. As a seller of goods, he would indeed be fortunate if he returned to the caravan with any profit at all. What had Pathros called him? A young soldier? He wished momentarily that he were back with his animals. Then his thoughts turned to Lisha and to her stern father, Calne, and the doubts quickly left his mind. Today he would again sleep in the hills to conserve his funds, and tomorrow he would sell the robe. Furthermore, he would speak with such eloquence that the robe would bring a good price. He would begin early, just after dawn, and station himself near the town well. He would address everyone that approached, and within a short time he would be returning to the Mount of Olives with silver in his purse. He reached for the unfinished bread and began to eat while he thought of his master. Pathros would be proud of him because he had not despaired and returned as a failure. In truth, four days was much too long a time to consummate the sale of but one simple robe. But if he could accomplish the deed in four days, he knew he could learn from Pathros how to accomplish it in three, then two, in time, he would become so proficient that he would sell many robes every hour. Then he would indeed be a salesman of repute. He departed from the noisy inn and headed toward the cave and his animal. The chilled air had stiffened the grass with a thin coating of frost, and each blade crackled with complaint from the pressure of his sandals. Hafid decided not to ride into the hills tonight. Instead, he would rest in the cave with his animal. Tomorrow, he knew, would be a better day, although now he understood why the others always bypassed this unprosperous village. This unprosperous village. They had said that no sales could be made here, and he had recalled their words every time someone had refused to buy his robe. Yet Pathros had sold hundreds of robes here many years ago. 
Perhaps times had been different then, and after all, Pathros was a great salesman. A flickering light from the cave caused him to hasten his steps for fear that a thief was within. He rushed through the opening in the limestone, ready to overcome the criminal and recover his possessions. Instead, the tenseness immediately left his body at the sight that confronted him. A small candle, forced between a cleft in the cave wall, shone faintly on a bearded man and a young woman huddled closely together. At their feet, in a hollowed-out stone that usually held cattle fodder, slept an infant. Hafid knew little of such things, but he sensed that the baby was newborn from the child's wrinkled and crimson skin. To protect the sleeping infant from the cold, both the man's and the woman's cloaks covered all but the small head. The man nodded in Hafid's direction, while the woman moved closer to the child. No one spoke. Then the woman trembled, and Hafid saw that her thin garment offered little protection against the dampness of the cave. Hafid looked again at the infant. He watched, fascinated, as the small mouth opened and closed, almost in a smile, and a strange sensation passed through him. For some unknown reason, he thought of Lisha. The woman trembled again from the cold, and her sudden movement returned Hafid from his daydreaming. After painful moments of indecision, the would-be seller of goods walked to his animal. He carefully untied the knots, opened his pack, and withdrew the robe. He unrolled it and rubbed his hands over the material. The red dye glowed in the candlelight, and he could see the mark of Pathros and the mark of Tola on its underside. The circle in the square and the star. How many times had he held this robe in his tired arms in the past three days? It seemed as if he knew every weave and fiber of it. This was indeed a quality robe. With care, it would last a lifetime. Hafid closed his eyes and sighed. Then he walked swiftly toward the small family knelt on the straw beside the infant, and gently removed first the father's tattered cloak and then the mother's from the manger. He handed each back to its owner. Both were too shocked at Hafid's boldness to react. Then Hafid opened his precious red robe and wrapped it gently around the sleeping child. Moisture from the young mother's kiss was still on Hafid's cheek as he led his animal out of the cave. Directly above him was the brightest star Hafid had ever seen. He stared up at it until his eyes filled with tears, and then he headed his animal through the path that led toward the main road back to Jerusalem and the caravan on the mountain.